we should rap about things that we like, like, like food. That's what? You bugging at death, you know it. We're gonna be like the Partridge family, but with food. You like food, don't you? Got any uh, white bread? Yes. Go away. I am the spaghetti. Duval, you're not the spaghetti. I am the spaghetti. Let go of the lid. Just spaghetti in here. Is this organic? Sure. Is it grass-fed? Yes. Cruelty-free? What's so special about the cheese maker? The saying goes, you are what you eat. And I am freaking cheese. So we're redeeming ourselves this week, Sal. Got some good cheese again. I thought we were going to go to Coon Wild this week. Work out, work our way through all the coons. It's terrible. If we had listeners, we'd get angry emails about that. See, there are advantages oh, to having no one. Don't write in. <laughs> don't write in. <laughs> it's pretty good when you can probably name all your listeners <laughs> on the first name basis. Actually, Ruth Rhubarb sent me a email asking for the recipe. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> oh, the one that I was, was going to yeah. do this week. I'll, I'm making feta. Hopefully, this weekend I'll make some feta because I want to use my feta in the recipe. Oh. But I have gone a ride on the on the new recipe thing this week. I did uh, cauliflower in spicy apple cider batter. Oh, did you read that in feast? Yes. Oh, how was it? <laughs> it was not too bad. I would add cane pepper. It wasn't spicy enough for me. Isn't that funny? Um, weird that you should say that because they sounded so bloody good. I actually was going to try them out because I was going to teach it for a Christmas I'm doing one Christmas, couple of Christmas cooking classes at Tim Pickle. Yeah. And I put those on it, but I have never made them. Yeah, no, it was um, it was pretty good. Cauliflower, mm. interesting as a um, you know that that sort of deep fried veggie. Yeah. yeah. Reminded me that I haven't done tempura in ages, and I should because I love tempura veggies with lime salt. Oh, actually, that was something I didn't tell you last week that the butcher down at Bagel uh, Bagel May gave me some. They're carrying a whole heap of flavoured salts now. Mm. And he gave me this lemon lemon flavoured salt. Mm. And um, it's quite interesting. It's it's not as crumbly as the um, Murray River salt, which is my favourite. I love that oh. pink salt because it just sort of crumbles in your fingers. Yeah. So it's harder. It's more like the Maldon. Um, but it does have a real lemony flavour. And I put it on... I had a boned-out lamb shoulder... And just put um, some olive oil and rosemary and this lemon salt on the skin, and then just blasted it, you know, till the skin went crispy mm. on top, but it was still pretty raw in the middle. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, the, the lemon salt really made it nice. They have a whole heap of them smoked salt and some black salt. Yeah, I put some black salt in there. So yeah. Some black salt. yeah what, what's black salt? It's supposed to be more salty. Well, this one's meant to be from the volcanic somewhere, something in Hawaii. Everything's better when it's further away. <laughs> I, but I do, I, I stand by that Murray, I love that Murray River salt, mm. that pink salt. Yeah. yeah. I've said a while, I use that all the time. Is that what's in there? Yeah. Mm. No. Um, oh, who is that? Himalayan. Of 
Sparkles Himalayan, Virgin Pink Himalayan Salt. Yeah, I just find that, that Murray salt's really crumbly. I love the Murray River salt. Well, I think it's Murray River. Mm. Got to help them out. <laughs> they got more, they've got more salt than they need. So, and the other one I want to do out of Feast is the um, chicken and potato uh, rotis. The, you know, like a sort of like a soft bread, like yeah. a flatbread. Yeah. And it had same sort of spices mustard seed and cumin and coriander and turmeric and yeah, right. stuff like that. Yum. Oh, you've had an eventful oh. week, haven't and you? And then the other one I tried on the weekend was doing pork hocks. And or pork shanks, you know, the front yeah, and, and yeah. back shanks of the pork. Oh. Just roasted, slow roasted. Oh, how's that go? Yeah, they were nice. Huge though. It's not like when you put a, <laughs> a lamb shank on a plate, because you know, they're like four mm. times the size. Mm. There's not, um, you could definitely go one each. There's not so much meat that, but the bones are so much bigger. Yeah. So the whole thing's bigger. But I didn't get him to cut it off flat. I need to get him to cut it off flat so he could stand it up like a teepee. Yeah, right. And, you know, really hard roast it at the start so you get the crackling. Yeah. I sort of got bits of crackling, but... Mm. Yum. Oh, nice. Oh, you've gone off track. But <laughs> I served them up and Vanessa's gone, oh, I'm not going to be able to eat all of that. It's huge. It's she a massive pot. Ah, she's, she doesn't like pork that's fatty. Mm. Or too fatty. So, unlike myself, I love a bit of fatty pork. Yeah. Well, it's funny, I said the other night I was going to whip these pork chops with apples and store and did, potatoes, right? Uh, <laughs> and I've got these beautiful pork chops sitting in there. And Pat kept going, oh, I don't want a pork chop. Let's go out. So, we've been going out. Now, I've got the bloody pork chop oh, out wow. tonight because otherwise it's too late. But, mm. you know, nah, let's go out. And we've been out nearly every That's blue cheese is full on, isn't it? Mm, that's the Miloa blue. So that's from near my home province mm -hmm. of northeast Victoria. <laughs> and then I've got the French That That's the last couple of French brie's I've had have had a real different um, flavour to the Australian brie's. Mm. I don't know how to describe it, but I had like two different French brie's within a week. And both of them had that, it was a, a very different taste. I know what you're talking about. I need to have some so I can... But that, ta that tastes like a, a nice Australian one. It's creamier, maybe? So, I'm not sure. But it's very nice. Mm. Mm. I don't know. It has that... Oh, I love it. It's at the end, but I don't know what to call it. Soft cheese like that, you just eat all day. Shit brie, leave the bloody crappy brie out of it. I don't like turkey, so. I love a turkey sandwich, yeah. but they always, every turkey sandwich is turkey, brie, cranberry, and those hideous snow pea sprouts that you can't chew through. Why is turkey taken off in Australia and goose hasn't? Because the Americans are always crapping on about turkey. You know, it's really great, green, eat some, eat some great turkey. 
never eaten a turkey that I've liked. Never. Bob up the road is going to plunge one into hot oil. <laughs> Sub oil? Well, that's how they cook them in America. They, you, they plunge the whole turkey into mm. this vat of oil and cook it in S- there. Stuffed with Mars bars and donuts? <laughs> That'd be like codfish of turkey. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's They pump it with shit. Yeah, with brine. Is it brine? Well, he was saying he was going to pump it with some bourbon or... Yeah. Oh, you know. But that just to me says, okay, I've got a product that's not real flash. Yeah. So I'm going to pump it full of stuff and then deep fry it. (laughs) You know, you could probably get tofu and pump it full of bourbon and deep fry it and it'd taste all right. (sighs) Anyway, keep him entertained for a day or four. I'm very disappointed that my geese flew away. Because I was keen for geese this Christmas. What, they all flew away or you only had one? No, I had two. And you're supposed to lock them up for a week and then, you know, let them out and they're bonded to home. And no, they took off back down the hill to where they came from. Oh, back to the real farmer? Yeah, back to the guy I bought them. (laughs) (laughs) So I need to get some as babies. Little baby geese. That way, when they're raised up, you know. But the and you become really attached to them. You can eat them. Yeah. It's awesome idea. Yeah. Oh, I, I managed to get through that <laughs> attachment feeling, Sal. Just think of them roasted with some lovely potatoes. What would I do for Christmas? Well, Vanessa can't really drive anyway, so staying home probably. Oh, yeah, cool. I don't know. As long as there's roast potatoes. I've got this thing with Christmas and roast potatoes. Mm. Or just roasts generally. Vanessa's family like, um, you know, salads and prawns and cold stuff. Yeah. Which is probably smart, it being Brisbane yeah. and all. But I just, I just grew up on, on the roast. And it's not so, not so even so much the roast. I do like good roast potatoes. But it's having cold meat leftovers the next day on fresh white oh, bread yeah. Yeah. and that's what I care about Yeah. and the, oh, just, the next day eating leftover salads just isn't the same, not the same. Not the same. cricket, white bread cold roast sandwiches yeah. ham and eggs for brekkie yeah. ham sandwich for lunch yeah. three weeks later pre ham, ham soup, soup. <laughs> we normally get given a ham for work but I don't know whether we're going to get one this year I, um, we had bloody fondue last year for Christmas. Fondue in oh. Brisbane? No, we weren't in Brisbane. We are in um, Victoria. Mm. But it was still bloody hot. I mean, I come from northeast Victoria. It's hot. Isn't, yeah, it's isn't like that 40 like 40 degrees. Isn't that like a middle of winter thing? Well, my sister-in-law just decided she wanted to do something different. Mm. Well, that's different. And so... I thought at the start, oh, that's interesting. Mm. But no, I missed all the leftovers the next day. Because, you know, you cook what you eat and then you eat it and then there's nothing left. But what, did you have anything else or just fondue? (laughs) (laughs) Well, kind of just fondue. There was salads and stuff, like salads, and then you cook your meat. The best bit was, though, is 
potato in the oil mm-hmm. fondues. And you have three fondues going. We popped two potatoes in each. But there was like about 14 of us. And then there's six potatoes came out. We almost about killed each other. <laughs> trying to get the potatoes. Yeah, right. And when I spoke to them last night, I thought, what are we having for Christmas lunch? They said, oh, we're having seafood. Oh, seafood lunch. Do you, do you go home and cook, like for Christmases? Uh, well, you'll be working in Victoria the next day, won't you? Uh, yeah, I always help. I mean, everyone kind of jumps in. We yeah. all jump in and help. No one really, not really one person does it. Everyone helps. But obviously, the, the, the home people set the menu. Yes, yeah, so who's ever house is at, which it's actually at my oldest brother's most of the time. Yeah. And he used to run a gourmet food distribution business, so quite often we would eat whatever they didn't sell. <laughs> <laughs> foie gras and, and that was really truffled cool. ham. But then they sold it. And so now we just have whatever random things that they come up with. Yeah. I was thinking I might do a um, a brined smoked chicken. Oh, nice. Mm. If, I can, if I can get round to it. That's what we have. Actually, I was writing something last year. We must have cooked. Maybe it was the year before. Mm-hmm. God, who, who knows? They uh, Aldi are selling little um, gas smokers this weekend. Yeah, I know. Well, once again, Bob is so excited about it. Mm. He's He'll be there before the shop opens. Mm. Yeah, I'll buy one, but I'm building it. I'm going to build a big one. I'm going to build a big one because I'd really, next year... If I could find a tomato person that I could buy tomatoes off, I'd do, you know, big two kilo buckets of those smoked tomatoes and sell them to people that wanted them. Yeah. Because I reckon I'd sell a few. Because they last for quite a while. Yeah. So, mm, I'm sure Rue would buy a couple of kilos. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Rue, see? You should be here. Uh, I think she's going to get me to... Well, I'm hoping... Oh, it's on the podcast now, so she'll have to do it so I can talk about it on the next podcast. You're going to get me to test some uh, marmalade, ginger marmalade, which I love ginger marmalade. Ginger marmalade? Yeah. What's the base? I don't know. I normally make it with grapefruit, yeah. Grapefruit and you... And especially if you can get that really new ginger, you know, it's like... Oh, I love that fresh young ginger. Yeah, yeah. If you get that and you just cut it into, like, little twiggy things... And then, um, you know, like zest. Oh, zest. Or like, julienne. Yes. Love <laughs> <laughs> my technical terminology there. No, definitely no chef training here. Um, and then they, they just, they go soft, but they retain that sort of zing. So. And you want them to have a bit of crunch. Mm. Do you know I ever give you any of that? There's this beautiful young ginger. It's just been sliced really thinly. And it's been put in a really heavy syrup of honey and lemon mm, no oh my goodness i bought it back from japan anyway but it was so delicious and what did you have it on well i actually just used to throw a hunk in some hot water in the morning and drink it oh nice and yeah that'd be good delicious and then i started you know i will i quite often will make like a I call them refreshers, but you know, I might just whack some ginger beer and lemongrass and kaffir lime leaves in a jar with some soda and stuff and 
I used to do it before cooking classes, and then I got to putting in this syrup with the ginger in it. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. Mm. Thinking I should make some, like, because I just went through it so quickly. Yeah, whenever, when I have a shed and everything's a little bit more settled down, I'll go back to making ginger beer. We used to make ginger beer when I was in high school. Oh, yum. And... Um, a, because you could make something that was mildly alcoholic when we weren't allowed to go to a bottle shop. Yeah. <laughs> but we, I don't know, we made heaps of batches. And t- towards the end, we got pretty good. Yeah. And, you know, it was the proper stuff so that, you know, you had that element of risk that it might blow up your house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we left a stock of Dark and Stormies there. Yeah. That we'd made. So we fermented them till about halfway through the fermentation then opened them up and put a shot of rum in each bottle and then closed them back up again yeah and um but we thought they were too we moved to brisbane at the end of that year and we still had a whole i think we had a couple of cartons left mm. and we were like oh they're probably a bit too volatile to <laughs> drive five hurricane in the back of a car so we left them and my mum drank them all oh really yeah she said they just got better and better like as they sort of mellowed out and aged a bit yeah, they got right. better and better she used to take them to parties mm. well speaking of fondue she gets um <laughs> she gets really bad migraines from certain foods high high sugar stuff usually yeah. um or anything that's too rich yeah and we had a fondue night and they had i think cheap white wine like mm. and um and the fond and she had one of the worst migraines I've ever seen the next day. I could not walk, couldn't stand up, the pain was that bad. Wow. And my um my stepbrother dropped in before because I was going back to Brisbane. Mm. Dropped in to say hello before he went and mum's like sitting on the ground sort of and I bent down to give her a hug and he's he's giving it to her. Got a bit of a hangover this morning, have you I was like, No, no, this is not a hangover. Because I think she only had three, two or three glasses of, you know, but it must have been cheap white wine, really high in sugar. Well, we were talking about that today because this guy, this friend of ours has been down the Gold Coast for the weekend and he said, I think my drink was spiked. <laughs> right, like, oh, yeah, right. And he goes, no, two things. He goes, I was at a bar and they sent us over these um, espresso martinis. And he goes, so, you know, we had a couple they're awesome, that's Yeah, and I went, oh, well, that would be it. I said, you weren't drunk, honey. That was the espresso martini. We went away for one weekend. It's a bunch of chicks, and we're at Lucy Food and Wine. It was a whole bunch of us. And we went to Bistro C, and we had two espresso martinis. Admittedly, we'd, had, we'd been at Food and Wine, so we had a few wines and a couple mm. of beers. And, but not, we weren't drunk. Mm. But that's the killer. That's the thing. If you have a couple of wines and a couple oh. of beers and a couple of this and a couple of that... And, <laughs> like the next day we all woke up and we went what the fuck happened we had to all get our phones and we I've got the woman that organised from Delicious Magazine in a headlock in the bar there's all these weird people in our house because we followed this massive house we gate crashed a party of the neighbours someone was out in their undies on a canoe in the middle of the canal <laughs> it was just we woke up and there was an old boat in the middle of the living room and there's sand everywhere and it was just 
so bizarre. Who'd rather say? Two espresso martinis. That'd do it. Like, you weren't drugged. <laughs> well, we went, um, uh, a mate of ours, actually, well, a person who listens to this podcast. Oh, we've got another listener. Yeah. <laughs> Romy was having her, she was going to England for a couple of years and had a farewell down at Portside mm. at one of the little bars down there. And us not living in town and having kids, we drove in and Curtis ran around and, like, well, you can only have one drink. Espresso martini, that looks good. So <laughs> I've only had one officer. Yeah. So I had one of these, and I'm like, oh man, because Vanessa and I always rock paper scissor off yeah. to see who has to drive. <laughs> so mature. And I yeah. and I lost, and I'm like, oh man, I wish I hadn't lost because they were they were cheap for that for that you know like happy hour or something. So cheap, I don't know, eight bucks or something. Of course, you know, I was like, oh, I could smash about six of these. These are awesome. I'm very glad I didn't. Yeah. Do I have a child? Is this little Turns boy running around? Turns into rock up going, G'day, you left me. Uh, <laughs> actually, I've been getting him into the um, into the cooking lately. Mm. Just sitting him on a step and when I mm. chop stuff up and he just sits there and watches. Cool. So I reckon that's pretty good too. Yeah. <laughs> so when we get the new kitchen built and it'll... You know, I can sort of stand behind a bench and he can sit on the other side and I can get him a little knife and he can do his own... Get him a 20 centimetre <laughs> <laughs> big, big, big chopper. How many fingers can we reattach? Then we'll get him on MasterChef. Mm. Oh, oh, I yeah. hope not. Did you watch much Junior March, MasterChef? No, I haven't watched MasterChef for yonks. Um, it's not a, is it still on? I haven't even watched TV for ages. Um, I don't know, but I saw a few of the ads of the junior one. I just thought, man, you're just depressing. Oh, God. You know, like... Well, because they can cook so well? No, 12-year-old kids talking about bones and... Oh, yeah, God. I was like, I don't don't like that in adult chefs. Yeah. They're like a 10-year-old kid. So what have you got for mint, Sal? I've got about five metric tons of mint at the moment. Five metric tons of mint? It's just going, because it's in the grow bed, so it's just going insane. A what bed? The aquaponics. Oh, God. Mm. Yeah, that's going to be going ballistic. Mm. I don't know if it's got as much flavour in the aquaponics that it does in the ground, though. I sort of need to pull a bit out and grow it in the ground next to it to see whether it, it has a bit more flavour in the ground. Seems a bit, yeah, I don't know, mild. Might just be the strand. This is a plant that I've had with me since I left home, though. Oh, I thought sentimental. Well, I don't know. When I left home, I pulled out a bit of mint and. Done up, just hang it around. And it's just, it survived, you know, eight share houses and, and a couple of other moves. And I'm a bit like that with that thing that's growing over that big pot out the front. Mm. It's a sage of some variety, but I don't know, big hairy leaf thing. Oh, pineapple sage. Flowers. Oh, okay. Maybe it does, but... And do you use it for cooking, or is I it just an ornamental? Yeah, I could, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I actually 
It's mm. going to be a beautiful tempered thing. Yes, Ooh. I should. One of my big, when you get, you know, the, the sweet basil and when it's really going well and some of the leaves are almost fat. Yeah, yeah. Them done in tempura are awesome. Mm. I love big fat basil leaves done in tempura. Nice. Mm. Tempura lime leaves would be quite nice too. Those nice fresh mm. little baby ones. That a, bit, are... a bit softer. Because in Thailand, is it too busy? So they fry the kaffir lime leaves. That is really garlicky. What is okay? it? Garlic it's paste? It's garlic lime. Garlic lime. And it is garlic lime rush. Okay. Now I think it's just too garlic. Garlic <laughs> dust. <laughs> maybe, maybe someone really didn't like the Twilight movies. I was thought. trying to look at the ingredients. Garlic, the first ingredient. Garlic and lemon juice. It must be roasted garlic with oil, salt and lemon. It doesn't wow. look roasted though. It looks very... No. Well, it must be boiled. Because it's not raw. No. How boil it? Yeah. It's not roasted because when it roasted, it goes that lovely golden colour. Yeah. It's obviously... It's like garlic scordalia. <laughs> Sorry. Would that look like what the fuck are you talking about? Yep. Okay. Scordalia is just a Greek dip that they make with potato. Oh, tell me about it. I love potatoes. It's like whole whipped potato. Alright. So you get potato, like, and then you put it in a processor and you add oil and so salt just and pepper cold, cold, so garlic. just steam your potatoes. Yeah. And then add it, and then add potato, um, oil and garlic as you process it. Oil, garlic, salt and pepper, and lemon. Oh. And it's like that, but it's potato. I'll be making that on the weekend. I used to make sweet potato scordalia mm. when I had that guitar. I need more dips. Dips are... Well, they're great when people come around. Have you ever had the spinach dip? I had to make the spinach dip the other day. Mm-mm. Oh, you never had the spinach dip? Mm-mm. Oh, what? No, you have. Come on, you have. Now that my deck's not full of building stuff, Dips and that's what I want to get into more, like little. It's good because they're just in the fridge and you can just. Yeah, but just know. just making little things all the time rather than making, especially with summer. Mm. I'm going to be very heavy on touch wood. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so explain the spinach dip to me because that looks quite creamy. Yeah, spinach dip's the old-fashioned spinach dip. Used to serve it in a warm cobbler. It's half sour mm. cream, half mayo. It's got the spinach and it's got that reconstituted pattern. Um, spring vegetable soup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm. We used to, um, when we go to Curtis Island, we used to do a uh, thing of sour cream with French onion soup, like yeah. per flavouring, yeah. and um, um, shallots chopped, you know, the green yeah, shallots yeah, chopped yeah, really, yeah. really, really, really fine. Mm. That's what's in there. And then there's some water chestnuts and stuff. It was funny because the other day I was at this party and we all had to take a plate and I took a big bowl of spinach dip, mm. that's why I have it, and just, you know, a bunch of all those crispies and I heard this woman say, oh my God, go and get that fucking bowl of whatever it is and bring it over here. <laughs> get it off that table, don't you 
anyway, she's going to raptures about <laughs> Anyway, and then I was just chatting there. I went, I was over there later, like an hour later, and I'm chatting later. And I said, oh, you like the dip? She goes, oh my fucking God, I don't know what was in that, but it's amazing. She goes, I think it was Indian. Are there any Indians here? <laughs> I was, I was listening to a uh, conversation here this morning and Richard Fiber played a little bit of this um, comedian in the in the UK and he's he's taking the piss out of all those sort of old northern England racist sexist comedians yeah, yeah. so and it took me it took me a few seconds to figure out what was going on but he goes so a lesbian a homosexual and a bisexual walk into a bar. They had a really good time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all these <laughs> set up like a real, like a really sexist joke, yeah, yeah, yeah. but with a non-sexist yeah. punchline. <laughs> it was hilarious. like played like ten minutes of this guy. I was just, oh, just I was tears running down my face because he had the accent and that tone of voice all. And even the crowd laughing, you just thought, oh, he's just going to say something really, really bad here. And then he'd say something it's really nice. Yeah, really. <laughs> and that was his whole gig. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh, dear. Yeah. So I am on the quest, back to Christmas. Mm. I am on the quest to make the best roast potato that you eat. Christmas is where I really put the effort into the roast potatoes. Yeah, right. And I have... Two that are sort of my favourites. So one's the parmesan roast potato. Oh, is that the... So you get a, a wooden... I don't know. I think this might be a Jamie Oliver recipe. I can't remember. Anyway, the, what you're supposed to do is put it on a big wooden spoon and then the wooden spoon sort of, because it's like a bowl shape, stops you cutting all the way through the potato. Oh, yeah. So you put like slices through the top of the potato. Yeah. In whole potatoes. Yeah. Whack them in the oven... And that those little slices mm. open up a bit, mm -hmm. and then you get um, Pub, pubs buds, a knob of butter, and grate some parmesan cheese into it mm. with the really like the zester, really fine. Mix all that up, and then spoon that through, and then every Yum. twenty minutes or so, you you know tip it on the side and spoon it mm. back through, and you know, they just you get little bits of parmesan down in the cracks and all. Oh. We used to do those like fantastic. We call them pubs buds, which is quite. Jamie Oliver's parents used to own a pub, so mm, quite but we possibly. used to do them back in the eighties. And you put in the bottom of the pan, right? You put a whole lot of sliced onions, mm. and then you do your potatoes, and you stick the potatoes on top, and then you mix up a bit of chicken stock and white wine, and you put it so that it comes up about a third of the way up the potato. Yeah. And then the top of it, you do the same. You put the parmesan on, and the oil, and the salt, and stuff. Yeah. So the top of your potato is as crunchy as hell, yeah. and the it's bottom really is soft. poached and sweet. Mm. It's wine and chicken stock, and then underneath all these beautiful soft onions and yeah, all the butter nice. dribbles sort in. Sort of almost caramelised onion as well. Oh. Oh. Okay, well, that's the one we'll give a try so this Christmas. <laughs> 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 yeah, and so then, soft and crunchy. Yeah, you love that soft and crunchy thing going on. And then the other one is just get nice big potatoes. Mm. Um pretty sure I'll leave skin on and then you boil them up 
boil them up so they're not quite done, but so they're outside soft. Yeah. Let them cool, and then you get a fork, and you basically score them with a fork, and then cook them in duck fat. <laughs> so that, you know, in all those little ridges and stuff, it's just, oh, yeah, they're pretty good too. I was talking to this um, friend of mine the other day, and her mother had just passed away. Her mother was quite old and lived this most amazing life. Anyway, and she was in hospital for a month and she was quite ill. She was going to die, but she was quite happy. She'd had a really good life. And so, and she lived this beautiful life and she had the Rydell glasses and a wine fridge brought in and people would come and see her during the day and she'd make sure there was wine and canapes and she <laughs> left everything in her house just about to people that had done things for her, yes. to her nutritionist, her, you know, everyone that she had contact with. Yeah. She was in Tasmania, so it was quite small. Very community-based. She left her dripping, okay? She was a beautiful cook. She would have beautiful dinner parties. Yep. And her main thing, though, was a beautiful piece of beef and just crunchy potatoes and just a really simple salad. That was her meal. Yeah. And she had this dripping, you know, and she made it with duck fat and proper old dripping you know, yep. all different fats and anyway she left the duck fat I mean she left the dripping to her nutritionist <laughs> and so the kids are all down there for this funeral you know it's all been this amazing huge funeral and it's all on and they're, and they're down there for a few days and they decide let's have one last dinner at mum's place you know mum's gone let's make mum's dinner we're going to have the beef we're going to have the spuds and they went to go and get the dripping it was gone <laughs> and they went bloody hell <laughs> you know you've succeeded as a cook when you can put the dripping in the well. There was no dripping. She'd given away all her bowls. There was no bowls to make a salad in. Then. Oh, it was funny. She had some guy, every time she gifted something, he would go home and wrap it in pink tissue paper and deliver it to whoever it had to oh, go to. nice. So by the time she was buried, everything, everything had been given gone. away. Yeah. I sort of, um, I've gone off roast beef a little bit. I think because it doesn't have the margin of error that lamb and pork and, and chicken do. Mm. You know, you overcook it and it's just yeah, such a... Yeah, for a minute, it's gone. Such a letdown. Mm. Yeah, you can ruin a great piece of meat for a yeah. second. Yeah, and I love, um, I love rare roast beef the next day. It's just awesome. It's one of the one of the few things I'd like to have a slicer for. So, oh, I went and did a catering job the other day. Mm. They had a, I cooked this beautiful piece of beef, and it was beautiful, beautifully cooked. It wasn't overdone. Anyway, I forgot to take my knives with me, so I'm having to try and find a knife. Yeah. In this joint. The only thing I can find is, is a slicer. bread knife. A oh, bread knife. Right, and you know what? It's like mm. cutting a piece of meat with an electric knife. How it just mutilates. Yeah. The meat. Whenever I see anyone go, oh, there's a roast, and they pull out their electric, <laughs> I always think, put it away. <laughs> Off they go. It's just terrible. I think, oh, I feel like I'm working at the RSL. This gorgeous piece of beef. <laughs> and it's just hacking it to <laughs> and bit. And I'm just hacking it up with the bread knife. <laughs> I should give you a couple of those little, um, those little serrated ones to stick in your car. I always keep a couple of them in the car. Well, I should. And you know what? Normally, I keep a knife in the car. Car, yeah. But I had been um, well, I cleaned it out and I didn't have anything in there. For the first time in 
I've been on every time I go away on holiday, I have this discussion with myself. I'm like, right, am I going to take my kitchen knives with me? What do you reckon? Will there be decent knives there? Surely they've got sharp knives. And every time I forget, I get there and I go, oh, I should have brought a decent knife. And a chopping board. There's never a decent chopping board. Yeah, at least you can go to Woolies and buy, you know, a cheap wooden chopping board and you can get by. But oh. I was, I was th <coughs> thinking that I should, um, if I ever had a, um, like a little bed and breakfast, That'd be one of the things that I'd advertise. You know, good cooking equipment. Yeah, good cooking equipment. Sharp, guaranteed sharp knives and good chopping boards. Because, mm -hmm. I don't know, like maybe I am a small demographic, but if I saw that in the, in the, in the website, I'd be going, okay. yeah, let's go there. Tell you, tell you a really good story. We went, we went to for one of our anniversaries. Vanessa and I have always liked sort of places up in the hills with really nice view and a spa. Like that's always been our thing. And before we had Lantan Land, we when we used to have weekends away, that's where we'd sort of we'd go to somewhere like that. So anyway, we're going on this anniversary um, weekend away, and we're playing footy on the Friday night, and then going away on the Saturday. And um, I'd sort of done all my research, okay, what sort of cooking equipment's there? And they all they had was one of those little toaster ovens, you know, little tiny ones. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, shit, like, I'm not even going to be able to fit a roast chook in this thing. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Because I wanted something. Can you cook a roast chook in a toaster oven? Well, I probably could if, if they fit in. I'll, anyway, so I'm like, I found this recipe for, um, now I'm going to say this word right, poussin. The, the little baby chickens mm -hmm. and what you did was you get uh, you got baby new potatoes and um, boiled them up and then tossed them in sage and butter and then put them into the cavity of the baby chicken while they were still hot and then roasted the baby chicken so that it comes from the you know inside out and it was sort of like you know this is if you don't have a good oven this is a good little recipe to do so anyway we, we'd gone to go to footy on the Friday night. One of those huge Brisbane storms come through. Mm. And um, we all go back to our place and sit on the back deck. All of all the boys in the team, I don't know what the girls were doing, and sit on the back deck and, and had beers and, and smoked a couple of joints. And anyway, and they're like, oh, so you're going away for the weekend? And, like, and everyone knows that I like to cook. So what are you, what are you cooking, Vanessa, on the, on the weekend? I said, I'm cooking baby chicken. <laughs> the guy's like, What? Yeah, baby chickens. Have you ever heard of baby chickens? Because I just like it's too stoned to be able to say the proper name. So I've gone into the freezer and got out these baby chickens and showed the boys. And one of the guys just lost it. Just just cracked up. He's fucking baby chickens. And he's just, just rolling around on the floor for 20 minutes laughing about these baby chickens. Oh man, they tasted awesome. They were really, really nice. They do this chicken thing in Vietnam where they have you seen photos of it where they get the chicken generally a black chicken or something and they'll stuff it full of herbs and stuff and then they stuff it in a tin no and then they'll chuck it in a pie or something oh, delicious the italian place at um next to sea world very traditional italian owners <sighs> natasha the put me on no 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 oh, i can't think of the name of it 
it'll come back to me later. Natasha put me onto the monk because we were looking for some, I had to take some clients out down the Gold Coast. Um, but anyway, the lunch I had there was so nice, I went back there, for, took Vanessa there for dinner and I got quail, mm. butterfly quail. It was fantastic, so really salty and mm. and crispy and sort of flattened. Yeah. And I said to the the old like, and all the waiters were sort of you could tell that they were either family or family yeah. friends, you know, Italian guys had come out. And I said, oh, "Hey mate, how did you do this quail?" And they do it in a sandwich. Sandwich press. press. I was about to say, I think they did a sandwich press. I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, like a like a ten dollar sandwich press <laughs> you get from the good guys. Butterfly, this quail out, lots of salt and pepper, and I think it had lemon juice on the underside, and then just put it in the sandwich press. Wow! It was one of the, it was fantastic. God, so I told you that's how they cook the bloody steak on that bloody yeah. meat testing thing. It's like, but that had that had Stuart, wouldn't it? Well, it did until it got really hot, like midway through. Yeah. They started to get a bit of caramelisation going. You're yeah. like, oh, thank God. Do you want no. more water? No, I'm fine. Just that you need to be rehydrated for your final. No, I've been drinking water all day. It's been good. <laughs> I reckon you should have had your normal half bottle of wine. Wine, yeah, probably helped me play better. Oh, get you mad. Don't, don't break your training system. No, no, but that's been for coaching, not playing. I'm a much better coach after a few wines, that's well, for sure. Hey. But that's, that's standing around and yelling at people, and red wine definitely helps that. Chances are you'd be a better footballer. <laughs> Probably. Uh, so potato. So what? What other? What other dips were your were your highlights when you're running a dip business? Uh, what did I do? Well, the spinach dip was good. Mm. Um, I'm definitely. Theatre at Rocket. Yeah. Was good. Um, I just bought a whole. Um, uh, I got a little wheel, old, fairly family heirloom wheelbarrow, like a real old school one that was made by. A great grandfather or something. I just grow stuff in it, yeah. and um, I just ripped everything out of it and refilled it with um, some big uh, basil plants because I just really feel like pesto at the moment. Oh. Just got a hankering for pesto, pesto and pesto dip and pesto pasta. You and... should make heaps of pesto. Yeah. Do you know what? There's actually a beautiful um, Italian pasta dish, which is you just cook the pasta. And puree out some fresh tomatoes, mm. and then you you know put in salt, pepper, and olive oil, and then you make um, where do I put the mint? No, I put the mint in the tomatoes actually. Yeah, I make a whole lot of mint and I make a puree, and then I throw in the tomatoes and go. So I get these greeny ready, greeny tomatoes. ready tomatoes. Anyway, I just toss it over the pasta, yeah. and then I just get that really soft ricotta. The soft ricotta that's almost smooth, not the one in the piece, and you plonk it on top and loads of, you know, pecorino. Yeah. Oh, mamma mia. It is to die for because the meat is so fresh. Fresh, yeah. With the tomato and then this creamy ricotta. That's what I need. Vanessa starts, she's starting to crave lighter sort of meals. Mm. She's been pretty good. No, I had a friend down on the weekend and he's like, had any cra crazy pregnancy cravings? She's like, uh, toasted muesli. It's like, that's no. not crazy. I want to hear like, you yeah. know, banana and Vegemite sandwiches or something. Yeah. She's like, no, no, nothing like that. Nothing weird. No. Muesli. Toast, toasted muesli and yogurt. Oh, God. Like, Come on, Vanessa. 
very <laughs> fresh food. I was craving an apple. Craving an apple. <laughs> craving an apple. Yeah, like no, that. no morning sickness and no cravings. So. That's probably not a bad thing. Not mm. not that keen on being woken up in the middle of the night for deep fried custard or something I like that. I did love that. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do last night? Deep fried some custard. Oh, she should just make shit up. Mm. Get back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what about these tomatoes? You're telling me about these tomatoes on your Instagram that I missed. Oh, no, I put this... Well, when I was in Japan, <coughs> I saw these little tomatoes, right? They're like... They're like red currants. Mm. You didn't, you know, spread one out on a bit of napkin paper and save the seeds for me. Oh, I should have. Yeah. I should have buried them at my ass <laughs> so when I came. <laughs> I'd hate for you to get arrested for some tomato seeds. But. <laughs> We're talking about that. There's, um, this girlfriend of mine, she and her husband used to run a, a sewage farm down in Gippsland. And seriously, they're fruit and veg. Have we had this conversation? No. I feel like we have. Oh yeah, sure. Fruit and veg, like around the, because you know, in a sewage farm, the water gets purified and purified in each pond, so yeah. the water is actually gets cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. But the veggies that they grew, honestly, and all of a sudden a tomato plant would just pop up out yeah. of nowhere. And, that's you know, that's pumpkins and. City Farm has that where they just because. I don't know if you know City Farm, but they their veg beds. Mm. I don't know if it's still the same. They fertilise with human feces. No, <laughs> no, they get the waste out of the RNA show every year. Oh God! And what they do with it is they they'll have an area, so they'll just they'll just have they have these rotating areas, and they just sit it there and grow sweet potato on it for twelve months because it's it's got um, lots and lots of um, drugs in it. The waste, you know, because they, they make sure that all the like everyone. It's enhancing drugs from the cattle. Yeah, yeah, but they've been what? wormed. Like you know, you don't want to get other animals sick, I guess. So everything's wormed and mm. and sprayed and everything before it goes to the show. So they let it break down for a year, and then that's what they grow there. But they get it like it's like two meters deep. They just come and dump it there, and someone gets a bobcat and just spreads it out, and they just grow sweet potato in it for twelve months. And then dig it back in, and then that's what they grow their veggies on. Wow. So, and the lady down the road, she's got stables, and they just used to, they had like a hill, like a little hill behind the stable, and they just scrape out the stable down this hill, and then every summer she just goes and throws a handful of pumpkin seeds in it. And <laughs> these pumpkin vines are like six foot off the ground, just going nuts. training thing because it lasts a long time I actually think. at the RNA this year I saw the pumpkins being taken into the pavilion for the pumpkin judging huge they were massive yeah. I mean they had them on a trailer <laughs> they were that big <laughs> oh yeah I don't know if they taste real good it's got to be taste before but I would have liked some of those tomato seeds sorry I've got a whole heap of interesting chilli seeds, but um, none of them really took off. So I reckon if you could grow those bloody pint-sized tomatoes here, you'd make bloody... Killing. Sweet. Mum had six months, because everyone would have them. Mum had um, 
she had a cherry tomato bush one year that just I think she'd grown a cherry tomato bush the year before and got a couple out of it and then a few seeds had fallen and the same thing she'd spread a whole heap of mulch and manure and this bush just came up and it was it was a real sort of rambling bush and it probably was the size of this table but we were getting buckets every day of these cherry tomatoes and they were so sweet and um towards the end of the year like just got sick of cherry tomatoes and salad and stuff like that so we started making tomato jam have you ever had tomato jam yeah, and they were the best tomato jam tomatoes I'd ever had. Next year, even though thousands fell on the ground, next year, nothing. Ne- oh. Never came up again. Oh. So, I, I don't know why I did that year, but, but oh, it's just, it was like overload of, it's just like, you'd walk in the door, you want some cherry tomatoes? <laughs> My problem is every time a tomato bush springs up, and, and I do have just wild ones growing everywhere, but the chooks just love them. So as soon as they see a tomato bush, oh, they get in and eat the, eat the tomatoes. Them or the scrub turkeys. Oh. Well, I'm going to get a house next time with a yard that's got some sun in it mm-hmm. so I can grow something. Because I haven't been able to grow anything. As herbs at that, that window, has mint, basil, parsley, chives. Grow a lemon tree. I'm gonna grow a lemon tree. I've got a lime tree up, a uh, kaffir lime tree. Mm. That you've never had fruit on. Never had one fruit on. Mmm. <laughs> 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 I've got an olive tree out there that looks like it's yeah. dying. I think lemon's about the most useful backyard tree. Like, you know, even if you're a share house, like the last share house we lived in, I planted a lemon and a lime, lemon out the back and a lime down the front. And every now, it's just near Natasha's. Yeah. And I drive past it, and it's this beautiful lime tree covered in limes. And I'm like, like, it's a, and it's a, it's a real, I don't think you'd get professionals in there. The house is not good enough. It's, yeah. a, it's a share house sort of house. Yeah. And I'm, I just think, give me my yeah. I just think people go, yeah, let's get that house. We'll get free limes for our coronas. <laughs> so, but yeah, a lemon tree and a, and a massive big uh, rosemary bush out the front. Yeah. Can't so, grow rosemary either. Yeah, that's... Rosemary, chilli bush. I do really hack that cafe lime tree because I use yeah. cafe lime in everything. Yep. Oh, not the limes, obviously, the leaves. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's almost, you've got to have that or lemongrass, really, don't you? Mm. I don't, I've got lemongrass in the grow bed, and I couldn't use it all in a year if I wanted to. Oh, really? Yeah, it's huge. But the problem is it does look like that. It looks very similar to the, um, there's a type of cattle grass. Yeah. And that cattle grass, the seeds sort of float around, they get in the grow bed and it grows up. And then I'm like cutting a bit and I'm like, hang on, this isn't lemongrass. <laughs> I've got to dig it all out and find a bit of lemongrass and start it off again. I've done that before. I've gone in and chopped it all up. And gone, this is this just grass. Lemongrass. <laughs> not, not lemongrass. My lemons. I don't know why I can't cook Thai food. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This Thai food's got a very grassy flavour. Can't get it together. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, Sal, so, uh, anything to plug? What about uh, your furniture business? Is the website up? 
I've been I've been uh, following Pat's Twitter feed. It's been some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, some cool stuff. More cool stuff though as we, you know, unpack more the things and unpack more boxes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Are you starting to sell anything yet? We've had two customers. Two. Yeah, that's We're not nice. really open. But Pat goes, I've just got someone's just walked in the door. <laughs> serve them. <laughs> First rule of commerce: got to serve the customers. Uh, and, yeah. and I noticed that the, the Taste Trekker Facebook page is kicked off again. Yes, Patrick, yeah, that's kicked off again. I've actually spent a little bit of time on my website too this week. Ooh, I didn't write a blog. Nice. Oh, hang on. <laughs> well, I will link, I will endeavour to link to all three of those this week in the show notes, of which I do to a, do to a varying degree of... <laughs> <laughs> Where do you find the show notes? On the, on the blog post. So I post, it, it goes up on iTunes, and then edit, but it links back. Like it has to be hosted somewhere, so it's hosted on the Long Time Land blog. Ah, must go. Because there's, there's about twenty jokes at your expense on my show. <laughs> you might want to do a podcast with me next week after you've read all the show notes. Um, cool. And I'm just at Bezo and at Land Time Land. I've been posting a little bit more on the blog, so oh, cool. check that out as the farm starts to kick off a bit. Mm. I've got all my got my first wave of fruit trees picked it's going to be four kiwi fruit a pine nut a why four kiwi fruit because you i'm part of the possible part of the crowdfunding thing is i'm doing an entrance into the orchard so like an arched entrance okay um and then on the front heavy ones i'll Everyone who contributed will have their name carved into the thing, so I don't forget it. And then I want to put a kiwi fruit at each post, and then they'll grow up, and so you'll get like a tunnel sort of entrance into the into the orchard. There goes that pine yeah. that I haven't answered for four years. <laughs> don't, don't ring me. I'll never answer. <laughs> All right. See you next week, Sarah. Bye. We, we, we should wrap up things that we like, like like food. What? You bugging at death, you know it. We're gonna be like the Partridge family, but with food. You like food, don't you? Got any uh, white bread? Yes. Go away. I am the spaghetti. Duval, you're not the spaghetti. I am the spaghetti. Let go of the lid. Got spaghetti in you. Is this organic? Sure. Is it grass-fed? Yes. It's cruelty-free. What's so special about the cheese makers? The saying goes, you are what you eat. And I am freaking cheese. <laughs> Eating crackers. How about four bees, Mr. Haggard? I'd say you've had enough. Um.